2: All right, Reds, Tony Evans here at Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. The Reds returns, creeping ever closer with a decisive week on the horizon. How pivotal could Lewis Diaz's comeback prove to be? And can Curtis Jones force his way back into the reckoning? We'll get to that and more with Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. But first, those three words, Kiefer.
1: It's back, baby, but sort of like we've still got a bit of a wait, haven't we?
3: <laughs> yeah, it feels like forever, doesn't it? Andy, no more mistakes. I think I've got to go for because this is the business end now, isn't it? And there. Uh, it's all very, very real and Liverpool can't afford the, to have too many, if any more, slip-ups like we've, we've seen too many times this season.
2: Yeah, well, uh, on the Wacom Facebook group, Pete Jones says, International's over yet. Gary Rivers, we go again. Paul William, bring on City. Anton Michael Thomas, make or break. I'd say, come at the hour.
3: To join our community of listeners on Facebook, just search Walk On Podcast and join the group. So they're away at Manchester
2: City on Saturday. Is there a more difficult game they could have coming back from the international break? I mean, seven points off Fort Tottenham, who don't have a manager, and two games in hand on them. You know, uh, five points off Newcastle, same number of matches. You know, if you look back to two seasons ago, they won eight of the
3: final 10 matches. And, but this just feels harder, doesn't it? With the wrong coming up, Andy. I think the the sort of the last ten games a couple of years ago was a, a little bit easier. But also I think Liverpool had, had begun to figure out their issue, which was I guess the you know, how did they solve or the the central defensive issue which was, you know, not having any of them or, or certainly having the, the three the three <laughs> most senior ones out injured and therefore it was you know how how do you protect them while also making sure you're able to, to go and win games? And I think the issue this time is the, the structural issue with it, particularly around midfield, and it doesn't seem as solvable. You know, Liverpool will have players back and and what looks like close to a a full squad are sort of available, so that that may help things. But equally, at the same time, just feels a little bit different, especially because of those first three games. Because I think there is a chance that. You know Liverpool might not win any of them, and if if that's the case, then suddenly that 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 gap that they've already got to make up will probably will become bigger to potentially all three teams that are in there with Brighton as well, or you know one or two. And that's why it's such. If you feel like if Liverpool had a couple of games, and then could have gone into this sort of run that's coming up of, of City, Chelsea, Arsenal. You know that might have helped them a little bit, but coming back straight in, the pressure's on straight away, and and then you know Liverpool's away form as well is. It's, it's such a big issue that that anyway game looks um, daunting at the moment.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, the thing that bothers me most is that it's not injuries this time around. It's a, it's a lack of confidence. It's a lack of performances. There's enough talent in this squad. You can see it. I mean, this is a team that beat Manchester United 7-0, for God's sake. And yet, then they went on to Bournemouth and Real Madrid, and they look like... Aside, they get beaten 7 nil themselves, Kiva.
1: That Bournemouth game still just question marks over that. And obviously if Salah scores that penalty and it's a draw and you know Liverpool go to the Champions League anyway, I think things maybe feel a little bit different now. For Liverpool, I think they have to just put those games behind them and you don't want to say it, but go again because this is the key part of the season now. This is where Liverpool's season or, you know, we've been building up to this and either way, you you know, you do build up to the end of the season, no matter what. Just a shame, you know, we know Liverpool could have a say in the title race, but they're not in one themselves. So this is about top four now, about qualifying for the Champions League and just staying among Europe's elite where Liverpool belong. I think for the players, it'll be important to just even just grind out games, But against Man City, it's not one of those games you kind of grind out because Liverpool, I mean, some of the best games I've ever watched have been against Man City in recent seasons under Jurgen Klopp. You know, when Liverpool are at the races, they're absolutely going for it, aren't they, against Man City? And I think this game could set up this run. But at the same time, it's so difficult when you look at it because it's City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. I know there's things going on at Spurs at the minute and, they, you know, maybe look for a new manager before the end of the season. They might have one in before Liverpool get to play them, but, you know, Liverpool have to play them as well. I think in the, the last run-ins, you know, have there been that many big games, these massive games that will decide titles as we know, but also seasons it feels. And the past few seasons it's felt like there's been big games in that during this running, but not maybe as big as these ones given how, you know, it is a, a two horse race and it's Arsenal and City and Liverpool are gonna play both of them. Chelsea sort of look better at times, then don't look great again. And I think it's yeah, it's gonna be a an interesting one just to see how Liverpool gets started on this run.
2: Yeah, I mean the the thing is a couple of years ago there was only united above us and you know and they were the gap was four points with 10 games to go and and it was unlikely and we had all the heroics you know we had uh, you know amazing scenes you know west brom when allison scored but it feels like there's a queue of teams above us now and like leapfrogging them them's going to be much more difficult isn't it andy
3: yeah, definitely. I think you, there's definitely more of a race this time, and it certainly feels that. And you know, Liverpool ended up finishing third in the end, didn't he? And as you alluded to before, there's a lot more going wrong at the moment this season with with the confidence and stuff. And and then you look at other teams, and Spurs are now in that weird situation where this could be a blessing in disguise for them, and they can go on a you know a really really good run of run of form that now they've got rid of of Conte and. You know, maybe some of that disharmony goes away. And I know they've, they've sort of still got the assist, the assistant manager there, but, um, who, who sort of had to take over, didn't he, when, when Conte, um, was ill. So you, you don't, they're, they're now quite an unpredictable team. They, it could go one way or the other for them, really. Newcastle look like they're coming into back into that little bit of, you know, form, couple of wins that they've got under the belt now. And maybe they've put that, that run of form, what was it, one win in eight, one win in nine, something like that behind them. And then Brighton, and again another unpredictable team. who just it's at the sort of opposite of Liverpool in terms of confidence levels. You you know going into every game just in, in relishing everything and enjoying it. Whereas
2: well, they've got game in hand yeah, as well, I exactly. Think.
3: And you know that you can't, you certainly can't write them off. And while you would expect they would maybe fall away at the end of the season, I think with the way they're going and the way they're playing, that they're, they're certainly right in it. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? You've you've got to be better than all three of them teams. Um, some are, you know. You basically chasing all of them because Brighton have got that game in hand and, and it's points on the board and all that type of stuff. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Brighton were to win that game in hand, for example. Um, and then and then suddenly you are you fourth of, of of the four teams trying to get there. And while Liverpool had to make up that ground two seasons ago, there was always that sort of. I think once they got onto that role, you know, that confidence grew and that belief grew, and it's it's whether Liverpool can get onto that. And I think he was right getting a point at City it's certainly not a bad result. I think it's a lot of it's about the performance because if, if you perform well, you've got something to build on them and then you can go into, you know, try and build that confidence in different ways. It doesn't have to be through winning. I think when you look at the running, because no one's going to be perfect, that's the other thing, isn't it? Liverpool have been in title run-ins in recent seasons where you've had to win every single game. That's not the case in this instance. It's very likely that all teams in this top 400 are going to drop points at some point. How many's? You know that question will only be answered as as we go along. But some games you've got to look at and think that's a good result. Uh, and City, you know, a draw at City would be that. And I know that's, that's not the way we want to think because we want to win every game. But especially with the run they've got, you need to be putting those building blocks in place to be able to go and finish the season as strongly as possible and try and get on to one of those those runs where we confidence is high and, and suddenly that belief comes back because that's what the other teams at the moment look like. They might have. As, as an edge over Liverpool a little bit.
2: It feels to me, with so few games left, that a draw at City isn't good enough. It just feels that way to me. I think the bottom line is they've got to be still in with a chance when Tottenham come to Anfield on the 30th of April. I mean, Kiva, is, is a draw really good enough at City? I mean, I, I just, I feel like it's not.
1: No, and I think Liverpool will feel deflated if it is a draw that they pick up. But given how, you know, well we know City can play and have played, you know, at points this season, they've been through their own sort of ups and downs, but, you know, their downs have been much higher up than Liverpool's have, let's put it that way. So I think if, you know, City are to put on a performance that they have this season at the very best, Liverpool will struggle because this Liverpool team, you know, I know they beat City earlier in the season 1 0 in Anfield, but it just doesn't feel. Like, you don't know what Liverpool team are going to show up. Against City, you're always kind of new and that Liverpool team did show up a few months ago. Need that team to show up again because I think a win really does sort of push them on into that Chelsea game, the Arsenal game and so on from there because this is a team that is sort of like a snowball momentum kind of team. When they pick up points and they get going and they're just in gear, they'll just fall back into that place again and they'll know, you know, this is where we've been before and this is what we need to do. Because they've done it so much. They're always fighting for something come the end of the season. And like 2021, when it was just for the top four, they still fought courageously and got there in the end, didn't they? With, you know, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips playing at centre back together. So Liverpool can do it given the amount of players that they've got currently and players like Lewis Diaz to come back from injury. I think will be a massive boost and is one of the reasons why Liverpool are where they are in the table and, you know, out of Europe. I do think he's such a, such a pivotal player for Liverpool in terms of he just gives us all every time. He looks like he's bonded with every player, even if he hasn't played with them before. You'll see, you know, if Cody Gakpo's in the middle and he's on the left, I'm sure they would be linking up because he's just that kind of player that as soon as you, you know, if he was in our five-a-side cage, you'd be absolutely looking good because, you know, you pass the ball to him, you're going to get it back, he's going to run, he's going to do lots of fun stuff. So Liverpool really need to tap into that now. And I know we go on about new signings a lot, but if they need a new signing towards this end of the season, it's got to be him, hasn't it? He's going to feel like one because of what he can give Liverpool at his very best.
2: Yet this is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. Walk
0: on, walk on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear in conversation with business icons.
2: Tony Evans here with Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. Welcome from The Athletic. We have just talked about Luis Diaz and the impact he can have on the the end of the season, the run-in. I mean, is it too much pressure putting on him? Are we expecting too much of one man? You know, there's so many players who haven't been injured, who haven't been performing, and yet, like, we're hoping for miracles from him. You know, you've written about him this week, Kiva. Again, you've just said he gives so much. He gives a different dimension to the team, but is it going to be enough?
1: I think you look at Liverpool beating Man United and how Darwin Nunez, Cody Gakpo, Mohamed Salah just clicked into gear and looked like this amazing front free little cameo from Bobby Firmino at the end. I think little cameos from Lewis Diaz towards the end of the season will be enough and if he comes off the bench and just does some crazy stuff and fun stuff and you know he's the one player that gets the ball and just wants to dribble and has got the confidence to do it. I think he just wants to take players on he wants to beat them go back beat them again and then score, you know, he'll find a way to go. There's players at his best. What does he do? He cuts in off the left, beats a few players and then scores. He's, he's the last player, I think, to win Liverpool a penalty this season and, you know, maybe towards last against Rangers in the Champions League, you know, from open play. I know Liverpool got that penalty against Bournemouth. But obviously, that was handball. He's a player that will make things happen in the box. Most of his touches arrive there. He's someone that's going to get in and around the box and also... I think what makes him great is that he cuts in centrally as well, not just, you know, he's not just cutting in a little bit. Often he's making those runs from deep in the middle of the pitch and adding over to the right side of, of Liverpool, sort of centre, which I think has been helpful because Liverpool have struggled to break through teams. You've seen that at Bournemouth, Real Madrid, the central sort of areas of the attack Liverpool are struggling to get through. I think Luis Diaz is someone that just has a passport for that. He just wants to to run and have fun and, and I think that's what we'll see. But again, yeah, there is quite a lot of pressure on him being the man to do that and I think Liverpool have to be careful in how you know they set him up for these last few weeks. You want to get him playing back to his best and, you know, playing full games. But also you have to be mindful of next season and how important that will be to get him fully fit and firing for them. But that's a long way off. And right now, Liverpool need them if they want to be playing Champions League football next season.
2: Definitely. Andy, in you know, a season
3: where there's been quite a few injuries,
2: is Diaz the man that's been missed most?
3: I think that Lewis Diaz is, is the one because I think, as Keeva sort of alluded to, I think he's so unique in the way he goes about his, his football. And he's, he's very different to, I guess, any of, of the, the other sort of forwards that Liverpool have. Because while well, we, we talk about Nunes being, you know, sort of that chaos creator, if you like, and I think he needs the service. Where I think what what's different about what Lewis Diaz a little bit is he can be the, he's the service, but also creates chaos while doing it, in that he can go and drop deep and pick the ball up and. You know, take a couple of players on, and and Nunes can 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 do that, but not with the not with the skill. Nunes is more of a sort of a powerhouse. Is he? when he's when he's got the ball, whereas Diaz is really really silky, and you know can drop the shoulder and and beat a couple of men and go go both ways, go to the byline if he wants to cut inside. And I think that's what Liverpool have been missing at times that that sort of unpredictability. You, you sort of go back right to the start of the season against Crystal Palace and the goal he scores and that one one draw when I think it was just after Nunes had been sent off and. And the Diaz just goes, like, well, I'm I'll sort this and, you know, picks the ball up, beats three or four players and then smashes it around. And he
1: he scored that goal against Tottenham late last season as yeah. well. And then he scores it against Napoli in that four one defeat. He's the one player that will get the game by the scruff of the neck and do something about it. And it doesn't have to be for the whole game. But often he will set the tone. He's a tone setting player, which I think is Absolutely important for this Liverpool team who've dropped in so much energy in the press and just in general the mood. I think he just he adds that we want to win energy to this Liverpool team, and I think that's you know why he is so important.
2: Well, talking to players who've had the season hampered by injury, Curtis Jones scored for the England under 21s during the international break. Where does he stand in his Liverpool career, Andy?
3: Well, It's um, it's been another tricky season for him, hasn't it? And and in a season where Liverpool's midfield has been the big question mark, we've we've talked a lot about. He's obviously included in that, and and you would have thought that, or certainly would have hoped, um, that he might may have been someone who could have made that step up and certainly contributed. But you know, for a a variety of reasons, he's obviously not not had that chance. I think he's coming to a really important point, isn't he, in his Liverpool career where. He's not the young player coming through anymore. And this is what's really harsh about footballers, isn't it? Is that he's 22. You know, he's still so young. He's still got so many years ahead of him. But where Liverpool are at the moment in terms of midfield, you feel like this is a very, very important summer for him because... You know Liverpool gave him a, a new contract not not so long ago, and they clearly have faith in him, and they've done that to, to bring him through. And, and Jurgen Klopp wouldn't have given that you know those opportunities if he didn't think he he could be a, a Liverpool midfielder. But you know he's not quite kicked on after after bursting onto the seam and, and there's been obviously flashes at various points of, of really good performances, but they've sort of been too infrequent, and that that's not necessarily just his, down to him. That's that's you know, the selection. You think like back to last season, the the midfield was was in a much better space and and players were in a much better form. The problem with this season, he just struggle to see where he gets his next game and he gets his next start. Where can where can you know Klopp put him in and sort of have that guaranteed? We know he's going to perform and hopefully this this little international you know break cameo for him with it with England will you know send a little reminder and and maybe you know boost his confidence because I'm sure that's been low in, in recent times because he's not been getting the game time and the other thing for him is is Liverpool are looking to strengthen the midfield you know where does that put him in the pecking order I think he knows how good he can be himself but you wonder if Liverpool were to add two or three midfielders on top of what they already have you wonder where Jones fits in that pecking and order and that's why it's a really important pre-season I think for him and that's looking a bit further ahead but it's difficult to see how exactly he you know he fits in in, in this running but you hope that what he's done with England potentially is that first stepping stone. If you like to to get him back to to his best and what we know he he can be, and and this is the thing, isn't it? He's got so much room to develop. He shouldn't be the finished product yet, but the game time is so essential to to making those next steps, and, and that's unfortunately what he hasn't had this season.
1: I think there is so much pressure on them, isn't there, on Curtis Jones and any player that's like a local lad. You know, coming through at Liverpool is a difficult thing to do. He did it at a young age, but he didn't quite make it through to being, you know, that first team week in, week out player, which I think he dreams of being and definitely has the potential and quality to be that. He just needs, like Andy says, that consistent run of games. And you do wonder where that run of games is going to come because Liverpool have got 12 games left of the season. And they need to pretty much win all of them if they're going to get into the Champions League. So it's difficult. He's going to be coming on at the end of games and, you know, not starting games. I think he has to be patient in that. And then next season does feel like a big season for him because there's been talk of people, you know, wondering whether Liverpool should sell him or he should be loaned out. But I think he's a player that you keep around because not only that, he's a homegrown player, which is important. We know that. But I think he's got the quality that when unleashed and at the right time, can be important to Liverpool. I think we've seen some you know, incredible games from them. We just haven't seen enough. We've seen their moments, you know, the Brentford goal, obviously his big moments against Everton, which feels like a long, long time ago now they've all been important in building who he is. We know this season he struggled with injuries on and off and has to have been training different days which i think's you know not helped him because certain days he can't play because he hasn't trained the day before because of however his training regime is. So i think going away with england scoring that goal he did the other night will have helped him in just refining that touch and that form and that confidence to say you know i'm 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 in here with the england under 21. You only have to look at that list of players Harvey Elliott's there as well. Emile Smith-Rowe, you know, such a talented team and he's getting called up. So I think that should give him a lot of confidence. But the questioning, I think, will still persist around him until he starts playing week in, week out and showing what he can do. And you definitely know that he can do, like I watched him at the academy earlier in the season and he just, he's not an academy player anymore. He's, you know, long outgrown that. It's an interesting one to see how it will sort of all come into place
2: for him. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the thing I struggle with him is I'm not entirely sure what his best position is. You know, he's not quite a midfielder. He's not quite a forward. Does he fit into Klopp's system? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you'd love to see him kick on and develop, but he just feels like he's, he's fallen through the gap there.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right on the position It's because I, I, I do think since he's come through he's had to adapt his game um, to become more of a Liverpool midfielder because you know, in the academy we saw a lot of the the, you know, the attack and flair and we haven't necessarily seen that all the time when he's been in Liverpool's first team and that comes with obviously the step-up in quality and, and no, he's no longer the best or one of the best players on the pitch um, at all times like he was in the academy. But I, I think he, he has had to adapt to try and fit into Liverpool's midfield and obviously... Earlier in the season, Klopp obviously used them on the left, didn't he, a couple of times? Was it Napoli at home, I think it was, where he, where he played them? He? he had a really good game, I thought. But yeah, it's it, it's trying to fit him in because you would think that left side of the midfield, which I think is probably where he's played most when he's played in the midfield, it's getting that balance, isn't it, of if you've got Jones in there and say you've got Fabinho, what do you what do you need from your right side of the midfielder and and vice versa, and, and how does it all complement each other and that might might be a contributing factor as to why he's not quite had as many games as how do you pair him with the other two in midfield if that's where you're gonna play him. Cause I don't think, especially with Liverpool's options now, he's you know, he's not gonna play in the front front three unless that would be in, in sort of small cameos off the bench. The issue is, is what type of midfielder do you want him to be? What what type of midfielder is he?
2: Yeah, well, m- with a bit of luck, we'll see more involvement and and beginning to show his potential because certainly, you know, he's got the uh, ability to be a big game player. We just need to see it. But Kiva, just just before we leave this section, um, I meant to mention it earlier on the, the WSL Merseyside derby on Friday night. It was a One hell of an event, wasn't it? You know, goodson, you know, big crowds, good fun, a draw,
1: but there's goals disallowed. What was that all about? Oh, absolutely devastating stuff. Look, like you mentioned, big event, big crowd turnout, and Liverpool played so well. They should have won this game 2-1. They go down 1-0 and reacted so well to it, and just they must come away from that and just have felt absolutely devastated because... Uh, Katie Stengel scores a great goal to get Liverpool back level. And then later on in in the game, Leanne Robe, who who rarely scores, defender, absolutely slots one. And Liverpool, you know, she runs away in celebration. Everyone runs with her and then the referee blows a whistle. And that was that, you know, uh, there was apparently a foul on the goalkeeper from Kerry Holland was sort of mark on the goalkeeper a little bit, but sort of like nudges her quite gently, not enough to sort of take her out of the game, I don't think. And then, yeah, Liverpool were just uh, absolutely gutted about that. It, it just, it was, yeah, I think that was, you know, the performance that you've kind of been waiting, I've been waiting for from Liverpool, especially in a, a Merseyside derby. And obviously, you know, getting beat by Everton at Anfield 3 0 was a sore one to take. So they nearly had the win. And later on in the game as well, there was a, a big chance at the end for Liverpool to, to win it. And it sort of, I think it was a great save. The Everton goalkeeper was absolutely superb. But yeah, it was just almost there for the taking but I think what that point does now is probably ensures Liverpool's safety given results across uh, the WSL at the weekend which makes Liverpool you know probably playing top flight football next season as well which I think is important for them to you know keep on building towards the future and staying staying in the WSL after getting promoted last season was the main target and I think they've, they've
2: achieved that now This is Walk On brought to you by The Athletic
0: We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn. So it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk that's l-i-n-k-e-d-i-n dot com slash walk to post your job for free terms and conditions apply another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You have to change from doubter to believer.
2: This is welcome. brought to you by The Athletic with me, Tony Evans, Keith O'Neill and Andy Jones. To finish off today's pod, we wanted to throw it over to you we love your feedback we want to know what you think we want your questions we want your opinions and that with that in mind we've got an email yes we've got an email we finally come into the 21st century and got an email for you to send questions feedback correspondences opinions yeah you know what it's all about so it's walk-on at theathletic.com send us emails send us voice notes the voice notes are the best. Then we can hear what you sound like. And you probably sound better than me, to be honest. So let's get to the first question we've had from Hirvoslav Kristic. Right. There is an injunction forbidding me to say foreign words and names. So I apologise if I got it wrong. And don't blow me up to the police, please. But he's got a question. Uh, I have an unpopular opinion, he says. Liverpool should look to some... Va- whoa! Whoa! Liverpool should look to sell Van Dyke and Salah. Well, let's just be calm here. Let's just be calm. Salah will be 31 this summer, he says. Van Dijk will be 32. Both are on massive world-class wages. And while the performance on the pitch are no longer world-class, but level below. Based on the current performance, players on lower salaries could do the same job. Van Dijk had a huge injury, and it's starts to see him playing at the same level again. They should do what Real Madrid did to Raul, Kaka, Ronaldo, Varane, Ramos, Casemiro, etc. And sell them. This is... I mean, is this you, John Henry? Is this you, JWH? Are you emailing us under a false name or messaging us under a false name and to get the wages down? No, I don't think you are. Actually, there's a point here. Don't you think, Andy?
3: I think there is. I think it's it's more of a... What I would say is it's probably more of a conversation if Liverpool was set in a lot of other areas on the pitch. It's well documented. We've talked a lot about the amount of work that Liverpool need to do in the window to sort the squad out. And that's that's before you would even consider selling Van dyke and Salah. And I understand the point of, you know, they would command transfer fees, which would help that rebuild. But suddenly you're not just um, buying players to complement them. You're buying players who are needed and then trying to replace them. And I think it you know, sometimes with, with these types of players, I think you, you can get and I understand the age idea and Liverpool should certainly be in the process of identifying right who's the next Mo Salah, who's the next Virgil van Dijk. But where would Liverpool be without Mo Salah this season and his goals? And I know you know his performances haven't necessarily been you know top level all the time but the fact you, you have to factor in that you know, Mo Salah's gone from playing with a forward line, which was telepathic and understanding, and, and Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino um, over a number of years. And now he's trying to learn how to play with Darwin Nunes, and trying to learn how to play with Cody Gakpo, and even Luis, Luis Diaz. And he hasn't been available, Diego Jota hasn't been available. He, you know, he said it. You know, it's been a transition season for him in that he's suddenly getting used to playing with a completely new forward line and a forward line that hasn't been available a lot and, and certainly hasn't had probably the, the time on the training pits to work on a lot of things. Gakpo when he comes in in January, for example, and before that, Liverpool are essentially it's, it's Salah and Nunes, isn't it that you're looking at because Diaz goes down in o- October, Jota has a preseason injury, comes back and then goes down again for a, a long period. So I understand. You know, you want to be looking at, and, and especially with the age thing, because, you know, we've talked about the age profile, the players and, you know, a number of them are, are getting to 30, getting past 30. But I think at the same time, when Liverpool have got so much work to do already, you, <laughs> this probably isn't the summer to be adding more work to it. But I think, I think that there's the idea of, you know, making sure that you are, you know, identifying who those next players can and, and should be. Is, is certainly important, and Van Dijk again is is one of them, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, he's had a lot of question marks this season, and I think you know he hasn't been at his impeccable best. But but what Liverpool player has? I think the defense is it's a difficult one because you know they've you know they rely on midfield protection, and and that's not been there for a, a lot of this season. It's one of them, isn't it? When Van Dijk got injured against Brentford, it was sort of oh maybe this was the time to take him off the team anyway. But then after that, it was Godwin's when's of Van Dijk coming back, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, Hira Slav goes on to say, you know, with uh, Canati's being the best centre-back this season, stats don't lie. He says, but, Kiva, I think sometimes they actually do, because there is no stat for organised defence. There's no stat for Torren, which Van Dijk does, and we saw when he was out particularly at Wolves, what happens when you have a couple of centre-backs who don't communicate properly and don't organise properly. So while I can see his points, I think probably when you're falling back on the stats don't lie line, you're probably not on solid ground.
1: I just think, imagine going into this weekend against Man City without Virgil van Dijk and Mohamed Salah to pick from. I think that kind of answers your question going forward. I think as well, like Andy mentioned, you know the important thing will be to get that back up for Salah because there isn't really any on that right side other than Bendo and probably Cade Gordon who hasn't played football in in over a year. There's no out and out right wingers at the club. Potentially, Harvey Elliott can move further forward, but Liverpool need to prepare for that and prepare for they used to be so good at. Doing that, you know, getting the players in to replace the players, and I think they fell behind a little bit in in how good they are at that. The same kind of goes for Van Dijk as well. I think Liverpool will need to get a new centre back this summer, depending on what happens elsewhere. And you know, you'd imagine one of those current centre backs leaves. Do not think it will be Van Dijk and Canate will remain. You know, they'll remain Liverpool's top pair when it comes to defence. I can see the point. I can understand it because Liverpool don't really have many saleable assets do they when you look through the squad and they need to make money as we know because that's how FSG work, they sell and then they buy and you're kind of thinking, well, you know, there's two top players, could they sell them? But I just can't imagine going into next season without those two players because they are world-class and they have made Liverpool world-class and I just think they're still the players that you build around for a few more seasons to come.
3: I think the other thing with with, with Salah, which probably doesn't maybe get spoken about as, as much, but his durability, he's never injured. Um, and that is such a valuable trait. And we, we, I think, you know, Genie Wijnaldum was someone who, who was also sort of in that category. And we've, we, you know, we've documented Liverpool's injuries, you know, this season. And Sal has been the only sort of constant in Liverpool's team, especially in that attacking area. Uh, well, certainly one of the constants. And, you know, hes he ha- he just doesn't break down, does he? He's, he takes care of his body so well and he's, he's, he's in impeccable shape. You know, if if Liverpool didn't if you know if you look at the Liverpool signings that they've made, Nunes has, has been in and out of the team at times with injuries. Gakpo is probably the only one, and you know he's only been here for a couple of months. Who's you know who's stayed fit, and you know he's dropped out the, N- the Netherlands squad with illness, and, and hopefully he's back for Manchester City. And that's only a, you know a, a little thing, but you know Diaz, Jota, Firmino, they've all had you know significant injuries this season. Whereas Sal has been been a constant, and I think that's the other side you've got to consider. Okay, you. If if you move Salah on and you bring somebody else in, well, what if they get injured for three months? Whereas with Salah and I you know, I'm probably cursing him now, aren't I? And you know, watch watch against Manchester City, he's gonna pull a hamstring or something and mm. <laughs> it's all gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna look like a bit of an idiot. But that's you know, his durability is just imp- incredible, isn't it? And you know, he's he very, very rarely gets injured, and when he is, he's only off for a very short period of time and and that can sometimes be underrated in, in football players and 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 Van Dijk is similar, you know. I know he picks up that injury against Brentford. Before that, I think going into the World Cup, he played the most minutes of any player in, in Europe's top five leagues or something in twenty twenty two. That in itself tells you all you need to know about how important Van Dijk's been, and, and also that that durability as well. And probably I think the injury was in the end playing too much football. But so I think I I, I understand the point of of looking to move them on. But I think at the moment, and 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 from the the idea of well, Liverpool need to sell people. Um, because you can't have everyone leaving on a, you know, at the end of their contracts for nothing because then you're not making any money. So, how are you going to buy players? But with, with these two, I think you've still got plenty more, I think, to, to come from them. And, and they, they should be, too, as Kiva said, foundations for, for the next couple of seasons at the very least.
2: The great thing is that if you email us, war on at the athletic.com, and come on. Say the unthinkable. I thought I was the king of saying the unthinkable, but no, no. Heavy Slav has just outdone me by far. So that's it from Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic, with me, Tony Evans, Kiefer O'Neill, and Andy Jones. Get in touch.
0: The Athletic.